Welcome to Grace in Fool. My name is Nick, and I'm really glad that you've joined us today. This is part two of my conversation with Patrick Lewis. He is the host of A Guy and His Bible. It's a podcast that he started, and he goes over different series. One series was What's the Next Verse, which went and looked at uh, three popular verses that are sometimes taken out of context. And he goes and looks at the context of it to give you a better understanding. He's also going to be starting a discipleship series. Looking forward to that. Be sure to check out his podcast. So today we're going to talk more with Patrick about his story with overcoming depression. He even gives us some insight onto what is a good first steps in going in the right direction. And we talk a little bit about his ministry that he has in his regular day job, which is at a local men's rescue um, shelter. And he helps with people dealing with all sorts of problems and troubles, and he's able to minister to them. And it's a really great way that God has um, transformed his life to be able to take and then give back. So stay tuned and enjoy the rest of this conversation. Be sure to stick to the end to find out more of his podcast. And again, I really think that this is going to be encouraging to people. And I hope that if you're listening and you're going through any kind of depression or addiction, that this is beneficial to you and inspiring. It's inspirational to you to seek help and most importantly, seek after the one who gives true life and hope. So here it is, part two, Patrick Lewis. Um, so talking about your salvation, uh, that started when you were in jail and you were on mm-hmm. suicide watch. Um, going back through that, you started taking the medicine, which helped with the chemical imbalance, the actual physical part of what was causing uh, the darkness. Um, right. When you started, I guess, um, diving more into the word and when, when you did get saved, what was that like in terms of, did you ever have a, a battle um, between quote unquote, the depression and your new identity in, in your mind? Did you ever feel a reminder of, of that? You know, we were talking about that at the beginning of the remnants, but did you ever have, because I think most people have a, a tendency to have a battle between old self, quote unquote, and new self, because we are new creations. Did you ever have something like that where it was kind of a... Once again, I think this is where God was working, and mm-hmm. God knew exactly where I needed to be. Yeah, and, and, and I did it because I spent four months in jail after I got saved, yeah. so I wasn't around anything of the old life that would have sucked me back into it. Yeah. All I had was a jail cell and a Bible and Bible study once a week, yeah. and seeing a psychiatrist once a week. Yeah. And that was it. And the jail I was in, I was in, uh, even though I, what I was in for ended up being a misdemeanor, I, the, the, the jail I was in lumped everybody together. 
So I was in with murderers, with drug dealers, with with everything. Yeah. And what that gave me, um, because I, I had kind of have a aggressive, outgoing personality when I wasn't down, when I wasn't mm. locked away, when I would be around people, that's my personality. Yeah. It, I actually started evangelizing to them. Oh, wow. It, I, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that's what I did. I, I went up. It, it, it's funny stories that I can tell because... The, the one day I was sitting at the wrong table in jail. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the, and that can be very bad <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. And, um, and and I'm sitting there, and a guy comes up to me and says, you're not supposed to be sitting here. And I was reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looked at me, and he's like, uh, and it literally what he asked me, he's like, are you doing that for show? And I started telling him my story. Well, the next thing I know, I got guys all around me who are mur- on trial for murder. One's a drug dealer. One's this. Yeah, and I I'm white for people who aren't don't watch in the video. <laughs> the guys around me weren't, and I'll just leave it there, okay? Yeah, but yeah. So so I didn't want to say I made friends with them, but then all of a sudden I would start eating with them, and we would talk about their family history. So so I think because I was in that environment, mm-hmm. um, I didn't have a chance to slide back into yeah. that that old way. So well, that's good. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that for me, I think that's one of my biggest deals and that's why I found da- the grace is such a foundation for me is because <clears throat> my growing up was what I would call very legalistic, but in, in other terms, it's really wasn't, but it taught in such an implicative way of you're not good enough. You're not good enough. And so I grew up be- not believing that, but thinking it in terms of my relationship with God, that um, I'm just, God's here, I'm here, you know? And um, and it wasn't until I started having conversations with my dad where I'd ask my dad things like, so how do I know when I'm forgiven? And he's like, well, you know, you get forgiven when you're saved, you know? And I'm like, no, but I mean like, let's say I did a sin and then I asked for forgiveness. I still feel guilty. When does that stop? When does the forgiveness of that sin happen? And he was like, you've got this all wrong. (laughs) And so it really changed my life. I mean, not drastically, but it changed my attitude and I started seeing me and God and together. And so, um, I mean, that's really like you were saying, it's, I think it's, uh, prevenient uh it's very good that you were in a situation like that because mm-hmm. something that's not just a stop you know just we'll just stop thinking that way for some people who are dealing with uh situational circumstantial depression you can just get out of that situation or you know control it where when you can't control it i can imagine that being a christian that that depression could turn its head into different forms or the darkness could turn into different forms of instead now i'm going to tell you uh how bad you are to being christian or how you know um you know remember back when when you tried to do this you know and all that kind of stuff so that's really one of the one of the things my dad one of the books my dad um said i want you to read this when you get out i couldn't do it when i was in obviously Mm -hmm. because he knows i love to read i'm a big reader i always have been i absolutely love to read and he said i want you to read the screw tape letters okay c.s lewis um and i'm like why and then once i started reading it, it's exactly what you were just talking about Hmm. for those of you who've never read it, it it's a it's a series of 
fictional letters between two of the devil's minions essentially is what it is okay and it goes back and forth of the higher the, the one that's the higher minion yeah. talking to the subordinate telling him ways that he can mess with christians to pull them away from their faith wow but it's, do it's <laughs> done in incredibly comical way yeah so it, it's it's a very fun book to read but when i started reading it i'm like now i get it because exactly what you're talking about the devil can weave in and out like he's talking about this one time where the guy's going to a museum and he's mm -hmm. sitting there looking at art and starting to contemplate god because he's he's in this museum and now he's starting to have these thoughts of well look at all this beauties god's creating yeah. and all this other stuff so the, this minion says so you have to act Im immediately he said so what i did was i had a guy start sowing bread outside the museum to distract him to make him think he's hungry and now that pulls his thought huh. away from god it, yeah. it's such a really neat book oh, to, to, wow. to sit down and I read I do need to read that. I yes. love C.S. Lewis, and that sounds really awesome. Yeah, <laughs> nice. But but that, that that's I think you know those type of things of recognizing that whoa the devil can do this Satan can start yeah. attacking me again if I need to those kind of books help keep me on that, sure. that plane of being able to recognize and because I am I love to read. People are always giving me suggestions. My Kindle and iBooks library is huge because they're <laughs> yeah. always giving me suggestions. So I pick up the Bible, read. If that doesn't get it out of my head, okay, what can I go to next? What mm -hmm. can I go to next? Nice. Because even even when you're an, when you're an ad to me, and I know this is going to sound harsh, and I know there's people who are going to completely and totally disagree with what I'm about to say. When you're an addict, you're always an addict. Yeah. I, I firmly believe that. Yep. Could I slip back into porn very quickly? Absolutely. Oh yeah. So you you have to continue to fill your mind with those things to, to to have your mind take up with those things that are of God. That's what I talk about in my in my in my story. Yeah. Of that one verse that my mom said. You know, and when everybody turns to a Christian, everyone says read John, and I think that's if you've never been in church, that's the right answer. That's the right book to start somebody on if they don't have any relationship or any foundation with Christ. Mm -hmm. But if they have been, if they've grown up in church or whatnot, my mom said, read those middle Pauline letters. Yeah. Um, she, she called the General Electric Power Company. That's how I remember the order they're in. You know, Galatians, <laughs> yep. Gal um, I mean, Galatians Ephesians, you know, Philippians, yes. Colossians. And once I get to got to a Philippians and got to Philippians 4.8, that was kind of one of those triggers that clicked and i went aha the light bulb moment yeah because what did i what for my entire life i have been pouring garbage into my mind whereas yeah. all of a sudden i said okay now i'm going to work on getting that stuff out and filling it with god and i do a presentation sometimes using a, a pitcher of water and kool-aid to demonstrate this of yeah you have an empty pitcher you have water and you have kool-aid Yep. The water represents the things of God. The Kool-Aid represents the things that aren't of God. Mm -hmm. A little water into the pitcher, then pour a little bit of the Kool-Aid in. What happens? Water instantly changes. Yep. Now, you can pour the entire rest of that pitcher 
of godly things into that empty pitcher, it's still not going to take away yep. those things that are. But so you have to continue to dilute those things in your mind yeah. with the things of God. Yeah, and that's what I try to do. That's I think that's one of the things that keeps it at bay, that keeps that disease at bay for mm-hmm. me. Well, that's very good. Uh, those are exactly um, the best way to do it, as you say. You got to keep it. Um, I've seen that similar. Uh, example with like um, I don't know what it was but it was something black real real dark black yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know um, but we always do have to keep uh, I'm trying to talk and get the thing I'm trying to bring up sorry uh, <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> uh, we I, I we always have to keep in mind of you know, what is it that you know what's in your I always think of it as a a battle between the mind and the heart and what's in our heart is what's truth um, because the Bible says he's written the, um, his laws on our heart and, and what's in, in our heart and what's inside is, um, is truth and what's in our mind can be anything. And there's kind of that battle of getting what's from the heart up into the mind and you have to fill your mind with truth, you know, so that you're, I guess, almost in sync. It feels like I always think like that, you know, is that yep. if I'm, mm-hmm. I know the truth in my heart, but if I'm thinking poorly if i'm thinking negatively even if i'm thinking sinfully it's it's going to have that battle and us as humans i think we we are te- uh, tend we are tending to um go to the mind all the time we pick what's whatever's in our mind instead of what's in you know the truth in our heart um it's very easy for us to fall into and like you said one little thing and we're back into whatever addiction it was um because because it's a like you use the right word it's easy it's yeah. the, one of the things that I talk to the guys that I deal with every day here being a Christian is not easy and, and people have that notion of I'm saved my life's going to be perfect yeah and no 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 it does not work that way yeah it's a you have to work at it you have to be consciously making those decisions that okay i know what what is right i don't mm-hmm. care what the world says i'm yeah. going to follow what is right and it's very difficult to do that it's very difficult to do yeah it is it's it's easy because god has already done everything for us to get the the what you know the salvation but it's look at what jesus had to do that is the hardest thing and mm-hmm. and and his i always love uh um, you know in um what does Jesus say? His burden is light and his yoke is easy. It's, it's not hard, but it's it's challenging. It's it's yes. very hard on a person. I think it's um, it's definitely not hard work. You know, because we don't work to strive to f- follow the the law of 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 the of Israel uh, they did back then. But we it's 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 tasking on us. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a verse and I, I want to say it's first Corinthians, maybe it's in second Corinthians, but Paul is talking about, um, he said, I just remember he says that, oh, sorry, the door opened. Scared okay. <laughs> um, and he's talking about how the, this light and light and momentary affliction, uh, is nothing compared to the. Eternal the weight glory of glory. Of what is to come. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like you always remember that it's it's hard, but it's not it's nothing when you think of what's to come. But it's 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 tasking. It's um, 
tiresome. I mean, I, I know that it being in ministry, you you get exhausted. Um, yes. I can imagine you come home exhausted every day because you're dealing with well, people. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, is that I actually live with the mission. So, yeah. so it's a li- it's a living position. You so don't even no get a leave. It's, <laughs> no, it, no, it's if two o'clock in the morning something happens, I'm yeah. getting a knock on my door saying, "Hey, you got to come down and deal with this." Wow, and I love it. I I love the job because I can see the people being transformed. I'm on the front lines. I can yep. see. You know, so many times when we witness and we try to create disciples, we can't see our fruit. And we're not in it to be able to see that. We're not in it to be able to to, to glorify ourselves, obviously. Right. But one of the, the big perks of my job is I can see guys being transformed. We have guys coming through our door that suddenly are showing up at my church saying, hey, I want to get involved up here. And that's really cool because my church is only like two blocks from where, from the mission. Mm -hmm. So so it's very cool having that type of atmosphere where I can say, and I I don't tell them to come. I don't force them to come. They're coming on their own going, we want to know more. We want to see more about it. And so that's the great part about what I do now is able to see that fruit. So many people don't get to see the fruit that that they're actually producing. Right. You don't know what it is, the impact you're going to have on somebody's life. You'll never, ever know. That's why you, I, I, the words I like to use on my show sometimes is you always have to be on. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to do that, but yep. you always have to be on. If you're mean to that waitress in the restaurant yeah, and you treat her bad because you're having a bad day, and then all of a sudden she steps into church for the first time and sees you there, guess yeah. what? Yep. You've, that, you've, you've lost one. Now you look like a hypocrite. It, exactly. It's uh-huh. so tough. I, I used to think that, and I still do, of just like, and and, and it's, a, it's a teeter-totter of, of picking. It's like, well, I mean, it's, I, you know, I, I never want to do that to someone, but it's kind of like, well, I mean, there's grace, you know. It's, which one do I want to put forward? And, and with me, I, I really want to push for people because I think there's a, bad misrepresentation of Christians that, hey, we're not perfect all the time, you know, and, and, and we shouldn't act like we, we shouldn't go to the restaurant and be rude to the waitress and then act like we didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) We shouldn't act like we're perfect, but I, sometimes it's tiresome to be like, you know what? I'm going to have bad days. I'm going to, and I'm sorry that I'm not Christian today. You know, that kind of typical Mm -hmm. thing. But, um, Wow, that that's actually I, the, your job just sounds like an incredible ministry because, like you're saying, it's 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 different than being a church or being a pastor, being at a church, serving for a church, which I've done in the past. You don't you you're not really on the front lines because you're in the building most of the time, and the people come to you. Where you you're getting people that are coming to you and they're in the midst of the worst thing of their life. It's, it's a terrible disaster for them. Um, and you're just going out there and you've got to help them with the physical and the spiritual. And that's an incredible ministry for you uh, to, or testimony for you. I mean, is to, Mm -hmm. you know, but 
Well, and the, and the other thing that we do in my job is we feed the community. Yep. We're a men's shelter. Like We only house men, but we feed three meals a day, yep. seven days a week, 365 days a year. It doesn't matter what the weather is or anything. So we have the opportunity to also witness to these women and children that come through our doors for the meals as well. We get to know them. We get to find out what's going yeah. on with them. So, so like last month, we served almost 6,000 meals out of our doors. So that's 6,000 people that we were able to have come into contact with and be able to give the gospel to, yeah. not beat them over the head with it, right. but be able to let them know, hey, we're here if you yep. need someone to talk to and need help. So Yeah, that is really cool. That's a really yeah. awesome way to, to see the transformation of your life, and now you're getting to your career, your livelihood is just um, sharing it right on back. Just That's taking it. what God has given, and you're just giving it right on back. That's really cool. And your podcast does the same, and I think it goes a little bit more um, in depth. Like I said, I didn't get to check uh, the other episodes. There was a few that I wanted to listen to, and I'm going to have to keep going back and watching some, but or listening to some. Yeah. Uh, but it's called A Guy and His Bible. And I noticed that you do a little bit of some topical, and then you do some that are called um, The Next Verse. Yeah, I just finished a series called What's the Next Verse? Mm -hmm. Um, And and what I did was there are multiple I, I could have done this for almost a year but i chose only three <laughs> the three the three big ones yeah um a bible verse is that we use almost on a daily or weekly basis but do we really understand the context that they're in and what's going on around those verses oh yeah so 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 i looked i looked at um philippians 4 13 which yeah. is apparently on every single locker room in the country, and I just yep. want to shake my head when I see it. Yep. Um, I looked at John three sixteen. Not that we use it out of context, but we don't take it far enough. We don't go into the light nope. and dark part that has happens after I, that. I think it, seventeen is the most unknown verse in the world. <laughs> no one knows exactly. what that is. Well, I, and, I, and I asked a trivia question on the show. I said, "Okay, it, without getting your Bibles out, who's Jesus saying this to?" Oh, because it's not the apostles. See, everyone just assumes he's saying it in a sermon or something like that. Yeah, that's not that's not what's going on when he says it. Only one person hears him say it, and it's Nicodemus. Okay, I was gonna guess that. I was like, I don't think I know. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's right. It's right when Nicodemus asks him, "Well, how can you be born again?" And that's when Jesus starts the Moses. That's what it falls in under. So when I say we're using not using it, it's not that we're not using it in proper context. It's that we need to fully understand how we're using that exactly. And then then the last one I did was um, John eight seven. Let he who's without sin cast the first stone. Oh, because because. I get so tired of seeing that on social media and I'm going, that is not the point of that story. The point of the story is the last verse. It's go and sin no more. That's the point of the story. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And then just... Yeah, go ahead. No, oh no, I was to say talk go about that yeah. on your show. And, and, and then just this week, um, actually today, I don't know when this will air, but I started a new series because I'm kind of switching gears on the show, and I really want to start looking at discipleship on the show. Okay, because um, yeah. it's something we're all supposed to be doing. Yep, uh, we were called to do it. That's what the Great Commission is, and, and the Great Commission's in the Bible twice. And a lot of people don't realize that it's in Matthew and Mark, both have mm-hmm. it. Yep. Um, and I want to look at well, how do we do it? 
See, we hear about it, we read about yep. it. Some of us can even know, but how do you do it? So I start, and the, so the series I just started is um, creating disciples. The basics. Uh, okay. Let's get back to the basics of yeah. how. And, and the very first one is, well, what is what does the disciple mean? Well, you're going to take someone who's saved and try to get them to go help other people get saved. Well, what's step yep. one then? Step one's getting somebody saved. Yeah. You can't make a disciple of someone that's not saved. So yep. it's how do we build that bridge? How do we create that common ground to get somebody saved? Wow. That's going to be an awesome series. I'm going to listen to that one for sure because discipleship for me not only is uh, I, I look for that in, in having – someone disciple me in terms of mentorship and having that fellowship with other people, especially other men. I, you know, I love to be around other men who have wisdom and experience and, and knowledge, you know, that you can glean from it. And, and also, cause I think that one, I've always admired, I guess you could say the, the discipleship that is in, in that story style i've seen people that that's how they disciples they mentor and they develop you and and things like that and then they're like you were talking about i don't think we no one not no one but it's not uh common it's not a common thing we do you either just go to a bible study and you just learn yourself and and you um you don't see that uh discipleship of going and learning how to from you know start to finish get someone saved and then disciple them. And it, it, I know it is very intentional. It's not just witnessing to someone. It is right. an ongoing process. So, Yeah, I mean, I mean, people who've created disciples, you do it for years. Like you said, yeah. it's an ongoing process. You, know, you never stop doing it. I, I call, and I joked with my, whole, my, um, my pastor about this one time. I, saw, I said, being a disciple maker is like being an Amway salesman. Okay, yeah. You 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 want to go out and you want those people to start creating the triangles underneath of them, and then those people to start creating. That's the yep. point of it. it yep. Is you're building that pyramid, mm-hmm. so so you keep building those pyramids all over the place, and pretty soon, you you've done it. You you've yeah. done what we're called to do, but you never stop doing it either. It's not yep. okay. I've hit hundred. I'm done. You know. Right. You, know, you never stop doing it either. So. It- and that's a good point too is it's not just the one person it's okay good and then you go find another person it's that person should when you're done with not you know when you've graduated if uh, as a term to say you've come to the full place of being a disciple that person should be going and doing it to someone else and it should mm-hmm. multiply um i've seen a few churches now that we bring that up i've seen a few churches start to do that when it comes to planting um yes. and and I don't think we've talked about that. I I also do like worship ministry and things like that. And okay. someone had comment uh, contacted me about planting a church that plants churches that plants churches that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's very interesting. And I'm like, I don't think I'm for that. I'm not at one. I'm not. I'm not called to be in church plants. Uh, and and uh, God's gonna that sense of humor is gonna come and bite me. But uh, but even that of it's to be there you you have to train someone to go out and do the same thing you just did to them and, and that thing so that is a very exciting series. We, we have a church we have a church here in town that is big on doing church plants it's, it's mm-hmm. huge on doing church plants and what they yeah. do is they have 
about eleven hundred a weekend is what they're pulling already wow. into their church. Yeah, but but that they've also started two of the biggest churches in town too. Because what they do is they'll say, okay, this is the area we want to plant in, mm-hmm. and they'll find property, and what they'll they'll take a hundred people from their existing church, put them at that property, and then after a year they pull back, and the church goes out on its own. So they have a, oh, they planted okay. a church. Yeah. So that they planted a church that's pulling in about seven hundred. They have another one that's pulling in about four hundred or another wow. part of town. Yep. And they just started one a couple weeks ago with another hundred from their from their church. So and I, I think it's important because the Bible tells us that's what we're supposed to do. The Bible yeah. says I, I don't want to go off on a whole long thing about the local <laughs> church here yeah. because uh, I actually just started a bibliology and eschatology class last night probably yeah. towards my degree, and this is what it talks about, the big C church, the little C church, and the and the, um, the guy teaching the class said, well, you know, 85% of the time when the New Testament talks about the church, it's the local church, not the big C church. Hmm. And, and, and he's like, and, well, <laughs> and what he said is, I know this because the very first class I took when I was getting my degree was on the local church and the professor said, all right, get your Strong's Concordance out. Look at every instance church is mentioned and tell me if it's local or the big C church. Huh. And he said, that's, that's how I know that number. Wow. So we are called to do those church plants, to plant those yeah. churches all over the, all, all, wherever we can. Yep. <laughs> that is, that is incredible. We've, um, Oh, um, your podcast, mm-hmm. A Guy mm-hmm. in His Bible. Just for my listeners, what is when do you usually post and what is uh, the best place to find and listen to it? Wednesday mornings, they're, they're always scheduled to post 9 o'clock um, Eastern Time on Wednesday mornings. Okay. Um, but you can get it right on the website or I'm on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, basically any of the, the main ones. I use Podbean. So if you're on Podbean, you can find okay. it on there as well. On Friday mornings at 9 o'clock is when I post my interviews because um, I, I, I have an interview side to the show as well. Okay. Um, right now, I am doing interviews with uh, people um, who are I, I'm shifting towards that discipleship model so people yep. who are using their talents for God I just finished interviewing somebody today who's in a prison ministry and, and it's, awesome. it's well was yeah. until COVID hit yeah um, but a couple of the other yeah a couple of the other interviews that are up already uh, um, a music production guy and he talks about how COVID has affected the industry I did see that one yep. that's right yeah um, and, that was your friend if, wasn't it on that I was going to say it, yeah. the, the bonus part of that episode is that is the gentleman who I was living with during one of my suicide attempts so you kind of get two interviews in one yeah. where he talks about the COVID side and then talks about what it was like dealing with me at that time too so now that just jogged my memory i started on episode that episode because the first one and then you said oh hey this is the guy from my story i'm like i'm gonna go listen to my story (laughs) (laughs) yep Uh (laughs) gotta see what's going on gotta get the first part before the second that's it yeah so it's wednesdays and fridays it it is the schedule wednesdays is the show the bible portion of the show and then fridays is always the interview guest interview well Mm -hmm. awesome patrick Thank you for chatting with me for a little bit. Absolutely, man. This is very fun. Um, like I said, we're Grace and Fool is going to do. I've got a lot of people responding. Um, I'm trying to get it all wrapped around, but this is something I guess my little new niche right now is going to be identity and depression. And your story was really awesome. I really loved it. 
And I love seeing how God has uh, transformed you and, and got a hold of you, like we talked about pursuing, pursuing us. So thank you for uh, sitting and talking with me for a little bit. Well, that was Patrick Lewis, the host of A Guy and His Bible. Please go check out his show and make sure to check out that series on discipleship. I know I'm excited for it, and I really hope that this episode has encouraged you and inspired you. If you're going through any kind of depression, any kind of addiction, any kind of hurt, this is a place to be here at Grace and Full, there at A Guy and His Bible. We would love to hear from you, and especially him. He uh, does this every day, uh, dealing with people who are going through struggles, and he gets the chance to uh, share his testimony. And if you found that encouraging, let us know. And if you want to hear more guests like this and more stories like this, find us on social media and let me know. And we will get that um, on here. We'll get more people to interview to talk about how God has transformed their life and how God has taken them from hurt and tragedy and sorrow into hope, into new life, into happiness, and not happiness from things and happiness from a quality of life, but actually being joyous and happy Paul says to count all things joy for the sake of knowing Christ, just knowing Christ and being loved by the Father. It it changes you and you have a different outlook on life. So please check us out on social media and subscribe to hear more and be alerted when we post more episodes. Thank you for listening.